Welcome to the Rich Roll Podcast, episode 25 with Jonathan Schwartz. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Oh, my goodness. What a 24 hours it's been for this program. Uh, We uploaded the episode with Maka, Chris McCormick, the other day, and uh, the downloads were gangbusters today. Uh, Pretty incredible uh, to see people responding to that show. Maka was a great guest. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's a completely epic interview. Uh, Maka uncensored, but uh, deep too, man. We dove deep. Uh, we spent about an hour and 15 minutes chatting and we covered all sorts of stuff. It was great. And the audience has responded. Uh, we absolutely decimated our previous best one day download record. Um, almost like a third more (laughs) downloads than we'd ever had before in one day, which is a testament to, uh, this athlete's global popularity. Uh, it was crazy. And, uh, I just checked uh, iTunes a couple hours ago and we topped out at number two uh, for all fitness and nutrition podcasts on all of iTunes. Uh, At the top of the heap is Jillian Michaels, who basically sits up there uh, undefeated, I suppose. Uh, It helps to be on primetime television on a hit show. Uh, That's clear. But anyway, I was just thrilled uh, that everybody seemed to enjoy it so much. My Twitter was blowing up today and my Facebook and lots of great comments, lots of support. And I appreciate that, man. So if you've been enjoying the show, hey, man, just tell a friend. That's all. If you want to do something more, we'll get into that in a minute. But if all you did was just say, hey, this is a cool podcast. Check it out then I am a happy camper. But maybe you are brand new. Maybe this is the first episode of this podcast you've ever heard. Maybe you just saw it on iTunes and you have no idea who I am. Uh, Well, I am an ultra endurance triathlete. That means I like to do really long races on my bike and running and swimming. Uh, I am a plant-based nutrition advocate, uh, which means I like to talk a lot about vegan stuff, (laughs) vegan eating, Uh, how plant-based nutrition revolutionized my health and uh, in my uh, humble opinion uh, is attributable for everything that I've achieved as an athlete in middle age. Uh, I'm a public speaker, motivational speaker. In fact, I'm getting ready to go out on the road again. I'm going to be in Worcester, Mass. this Sunday, April 14th at the Worcester Veg Fest. Uh, If you want to find out more, go to WorcesterVegFest.com. I'm speaking at 3.15 uh, that afternoon. I'm going to speak for about an hour, do some Q&A, and uh, sign some books. So if you're in the hood, if you're in the Boston area, it would be great uh, if you could stop by and say hello. Uh, Then I'm going to go to New York City for a couple days. I've got a whole bunch of great podcast interviews set up. Uh, I don't want to jinx it, so I'll tell you more later, but I'm pretty excited about that. And then I'm going to be going to Ottawa, Canada for Plant Powered Ottawa. Uh, I believe it's sold out, but if you want to find out more information about that, go to plantpoweredottawa.com. What else? Uh, I'm also the best-selling author of a book called Finding Ultra. It is my memoir. <laughs> it came out last May. 
And uh, hey, man, it's still going strong. And you know why? It's because of you guys. And I really believe that it is this podcast that is uh, reaching additional people who are just now discovering the book, um, reading it. Uh, I'm getting crazy emails from people, crazy awesome emails from people who seem to uh, have really enjoyed the read and and been inspired and and are making changes uh, in their respective lives with their nutrition program and with their fitness and nothing makes me feel better than to get those emails. So keep them coming. Um, I'm getting quite a few these days. So if I don't get back to you, please don't take it personally. It's just, uh, I tried to get back to every one of them, but it became too overwhelming, but know that it means everything to me, uh, when you guys reach out. Uh, so even if you don't hear back from me, uh, I do read every single one of them and, uh, it's what keeps me going and it keeps me motivated to continue doing this podcast and to continue trying to spread a a message of health and wellness to all you guys. If you have not read my book, well, shame on you. Uh, It it is, uh, it's coming out on paperback May 21st. Uh, It's available for pre-order on Amazon already. So if you haven't picked it up, now's your chance to get the cheap version Uh, be the first to get it before the bookstores. Just go to amazon.com. You'll see it up there. There's a Kindle version, hardcover, uh, audiobook, all that kind of stuff. And uh, if you like audiobooks, I did the narration, which was really fun. Uh, what else can I tell you? Oh, if you are going to buy something on Amazon, like my book, or, you know, hey, you don't have to. If you're going to buy something on Amazon anyway, something else, it would be huge. So it would be a huge support to the show if you clicked on the Amazon banner on richroll.com on the blog page or the podcast page. Uh, That way you will go to Amazon and you're going to do what you're going to do, buy what you're going to buy. And it won't cost you anything extra, but uh, Amazon will kick kick some loose change over our way and uh, it helps keep this show going. We also put up a donate page or a donate button uh, on the website. So you can check that out as well. Uh, and if you're just feeling generous or charitable, <laughs> you can throw a few bucks our way. Uh, and uh, we've been getting a lot of great donations. So I really appreciate uh, all you guys out there who are of your own volition supporting the show, a uh, show that will always be free. So don't feel obligated to do anything. Only if you... Uh, have the spirit moving inside of you, I guess. What else can I tell you about me? Well, I'm a recovering attorney. I'm a family guy, a father of four. Uh, I've been married 10 years and uh, I launched this show back in December with a simple goal. My goal was to bring you some of the brightest and most vital people and personalities in health, wellness, and fitness. Many of the people that I've had the good fortune of coming across through my uh, travels these last couple of years, kind of uh, blazing this little path that I'm on. Um, I've met a lot of amazing people, a lot of people that have inspired me, that have kept me accountable and on track, that have educated me and quite frankly, completely changed my life. Uh, So I wanted to introduce these personalities to you guys uh, to hopefully broaden your own horizons, but more importantly, Um, give you the information and the inspiration that you need to unlock the best, most authentic version of yourself, because we need more of that in the world. 
And today's guest is no exception. Um, a little while ago, I shared that uh, I was interested in kind of bringing some average average Joe type guys to the to the program and, and hearing kind of an everyman perspective on uh, being a kind of middle-aged athlete and struggles with fitness, struggles with diet, et cetera. And I suppose in a certain respect, today's guest fits the bill. Uh, Jonathan Schwartz is a really interesting cat. Um, I wouldn't call him an everyman and I would not call him average by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, he's an amateur, uh, you know, athlete, multi-sport athlete in his mid forties, uh, who has only in recent years kind of gotten into marathon running and he's preparing for his first, uh, Ironman this year. And I met him because we're coached by the same coach, Chris Houth, and we have some mutual friends. Um, and I was lucky enough to, uh, spend a little time with him, get to know him a little bit. And he's a guy that you want in your corner and you want in your life. And I won't spoil it, but, uh, I think you'll feel the same after you hear what he has to say. His journey is, uh, is, is very interesting. Uh, it has some high highs and some low lows. Uh, he's kind of blazed a very interesting path, uh, in discovering plant-based nutrition. Uh, and, and he's a huge advocate of this way of eating and, uh, he'll explain to you how he does it, why he does it, how he feels, uh, training for his first Ironman on a 100%, uh, whole food plant-based diet and why he made the decision to switch. He also has a really interesting career. He's a business manager in Hollywood. And, and what that means is essentially he's a, a CPA who manages, uh, the money and, and the kind of, uh, financial portfolio of some pretty interesting, uh, high profile people, lots of rock stars, lots of professional athletes. And, um, so in the, in the course of his day, uh, he gets to interact with and kind of be in the universe of some of, uh, Hollywood's, uh, best and brightest. So he's going to tell us a little bit about that as well and give us a peek into his world. Um, but his story, uh, is quite fascinating. And as much as I want to sort of tip my hand and tell you about it. I think I'm just going to let him tell you how he got there. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel. But what you wear isn't just clothes. It is, without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you, after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team from increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, 
truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by a very exciting brand new sponsor, Go Brewing. I am sober. I don't drink. And I devoted so many episodes of this podcast to the unreal benefits of an alcohol-free lifestyle. Why? Because even if you don't have issues with booze and suds, no amount of alcohol is good for you. At a minimum, it wreaks havoc on your sleep and produces a hangover that destroys your energy, your mood, and your focus. At worst, it turns your whole life upside down. But no longer does that mean you have to break up with your favorite brew because my pals at Go Brewing are making all your favorite brews, minus the alcohol, fewer calories, and more productive tomorrows. It's not every day that I get the privilege to witness the inception of a company collaborating with our podcast, but that's exactly what happened with Go Brewing. I'm gonna tell you this story. A few years back, I spoke at this event in Illinois, fittingly named Go, and it turns out that that very day catalyzed Joe, the founder, to start his own NA beer company, Go Brewing. I had no idea about any of this until I bumped into Joe at Jesse Itzler's Running Man event the other month in Georgia, and he shared this story with me. I savored his fare in all its varieties and deeply moved by the mission and what he shared with me and just impressed with the insane taste and quality of his alcohol-free concoctions, I wanted to help share the discovery. Made with natural ingredients faithful to traditional beer styles, Go Brewing has an impressive lineup of delicious, small-batch, craft, alcohol-free brews, all without added sugar or artificial processing. My favorite is their double IPA, not just another story, but Basically, you just really can't go wrong because everything they make is brewed to perfection, worthy of trying yourself, which you can now do at gobrewing.com. That's gobrewing.com and use the code RICHROLL for 15% off your first purchase. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem. A problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life is 
and recovery is wonderful. And recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Schwartz. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming down to the garage studio. (laughs) Definitely a unique studio. It's a little makeshift right now. Love it. I was thinking of, uh, I'm trying to find like a studio space or some other garage that I could rent and just turn it into like a man cave podcasting studio with all my bike stuff and and uh audio equipment because it's just with the with the kids here you know they come in and out and there's just too much craziness to do it at home i love i love it but uh it would be good to have like a dedicated space where people could come in and i could hire a couple people that do the post-production because it takes a long time although to give up the scenery and the aesthetic beauty of the mountains and the greenery is yeah i don't know yeah you're right about that you know, I keep, uh, people keep subge- su- uh, suggesting podcast guests, and but they're all people that don't live here. And I'm not averse to doing Skype interviews. I've done a bunch of them, but it's different. You know, you don't get, it's not the same energy when you're sitting across from somebody and we got the view and you're in my house and oh. I can lull you into a sense of security <laughs> and <laughs> oh, get you is... to divulge your deep, dark secrets. <laughs> Unless my wife hears it. <laughs> <laughs> she, no, nobody listens, man. Oh, come you know, on. It's just me, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, I put it out uh, on the internet not too long ago that, you know, I've had all these experts in health and wellness and doctors and nutritionists. I, Juliana Hever, who I know you know, Love on the Juliana. show. Yeah, she's great, right? And, uh, and I've had, you know, world-class athletes and, you know, people that are kind of at the top of their field in health and wellness. Um, and athletes, but I said, you know, I want to get just some, uh, you know, like normal dude athletes who have made the kind of switch to this way of eating and kind of gauge their reaction and hear a little bit about their journey. Not that you're normal or typical in <laughs> any respect, cause you're actually a really extraordinary guy. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, but just being kind of, you know, an, an amateur athlete, you know, a dad, uh, you know, husband, somebody who's got a very, very busy schedule and kind of how you make it work. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a challenging balance, right? How do you balance family work, mm-hmm. healthy eating, healthy lifestyle training, you know, to, to accomplish all the things that you've accomplished and more in the, uh, in sort of the Ironman world. It intrigues me. I love it. I love, uh, I love the camaraderie of the people who are involved in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the discipline that's required. There's a great, you know, unique structure that you have to follow, even as an amateur. Right. And um, I'm intrigued by it all. And quite frankly, I've loved the journey thus far, despite some of the injuries and the complaining that I do. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to my first Ironman. Yeah, it's going to be great. So what what is, what's the first one that you're signed up for? August 25th in Whistler, Canada. Oh, the Canada. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. It's so exciting. So just to kind of lay the foundation, uh, I met Jonathan because we have the same, same coach, Chris Houth and, uh, coach Chris, coach, <laughs> coach, coach Chris. 
And uh, last time I saw you was when we were doing lactate testing in, in this hotel room in Santa Monica. And I'd finished my lactate test and I was interviewing Chris, like we were sitting on the bed in the hotel room and you came in and waited patiently to do your lactate test while we finished the interview. Oh, that was fun. It was, it was, cool. it was, it was awesome to listen to you two talk. It was great. Yeah, that was a good episode. There was a, I got a lot of great feedback on that one. So they're all good, man. Yours is going to break podcast download records. There you I can go. feel it already. <laughs> I, could, I could just feel all the energy. Right. But you're, you're kind of, I mean, you've been an athlete and you've run marathons uh, and you're a fit guy, but the Ironman world is a new kind of world for you. It's such a new challenge and unique challenge. What happened was um, I was scheduled to do New York. I flew to New York because uh, our lovely Mayor Bloomberg was very indecisive surrounding uh, Superstorm Sandy. Yeah. And uh, earlier in the week said the marathon must go on despite, you know, the political incorrectness of it. So I flew from Los Angeles to New York. I went to the lovely convention center, picked up my great number mm-hmm. and, and uh, was prepared to run. Although, you know, it's probably not the right thing to do. And thankfully, Mayor Bloomberg um, made the right decision and canceled the marathon. So upon returning back to Los Angeles, a friend of a mutual friend of ours, Darren, um, called me and said, you know, he's sorry. He knows I trained hard and uh, he's got, he's, uh, he's going to issue me a new challenge. I said, what would you like me to do? He said, well, my new challenge to you is to uh, train with me for the Ironman. I'm like, the Ironman? (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't exactly what I had in mind. I said, let's do it. I mean, uh, I'm on this healthy lifestyle, vegan journey, plant-based nutrition, which has been the best decision of my life. And now let's go on some more journeys together along that healthy lifestyle. And that's what I think the Ironman is going to bring me, just more health and wellness. Right. There's no question about it. So let's get into that story, uh, your journey to plant-based eating, because I, I, it's a really fascinating story. And it's taken you in a couple different interesting directions. Yeah. So in 2010, in September, uh, I grew up in upstate New York, the Catskill Mountains, the Borscht Belt for many. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my dear friend, age 42 years old, passed away from uh, a sudden heart attack. He was asymptomatic. I uh, returned from New York, his funeral, and immediately saw my doctor. Well, let's hold on. Well, but hold on. Let's get into that a little bit more. I mean, was he, so was he overweight? And when you say asymptomatic, like what exactly does that mean? He had no symptoms uh, he, of coronary disease. Um, he was living a lifestyle where he would work hard and he would work out, lift weights, not so much cardio-driven, but for all intents and purposes, he and his family felt he was living a healthy lifestyle. Um, then all of a sudden, he, his, he was watching his, family, his parents' home when they were away on vacation, and... Uh, they returned home and found their 42-year-old son passed away um, on their couch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very sad, needless to say. And um, that's what I mean by asymptomatic. He was not diagnosed with any, you know, coronary disease or history. Right. And, he wasn't on statins or wasn't battling, you know, cholesterol issues to his knowledge or anything like that's that. That's correct. That's correct. Right. So, you know, it's it immediately, you know, me being a, very hypochondriac uh, Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Dr. Uh, Saram Kalsa, who I credit along with many other physicians here locally in saving my life. He's an amazing guy. 
He, amazing, amazing guy. He, if, if you don't follow him on Twitter, to all of your fans out there, I, I encourage you to follow him on Twitter. He's yeah. an amazing person. I'll put a, a link in the show notes up to his Twitter account and, and to his website. And he's definitely on my A list of people I want to get on the podcast. Yeah, he's super awesome. Um, so the story is I've been seeing him for probably a decade. As you know, uh, to, he's an alternative physician who practices both Western and Eastern medicine. And um, I saw him upon my return from my friend's funeral, and I said to him, Dr. Kausa, you know, a friend of mine just passed away. Is there anything you can do to give me peace of mind that I'm heart healthy? Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a wife and three beautiful boys, and, you know, I'm 42. At the time, I was 42. And, um, you know, I want to live a healthy lifestyle. So he said, to quote him, he said, schmuck, you're fine. You're healthy. Um, and I said, no, you don't understand. My friend was healthy as well, but at the same time, he unfortunately passed away. So there's got to be some test out there that can provide me with this peace of mind. He said, you're right. For $800, go to Cedars sinai Medical Center and get a coronary CT scan angiogram. Mm-hmm. It's essentially a non-invasive virtual image of your coronary arteries, uh, not covered by insurance. Insurance would pay for a $10,000 invasive catheter through your groin, but they won't pay for an $800 non-invasive test. And we're going to get into why that is and and all of that in a little bit. So I took the test um, in early October, went to Cedars, and then two surgeons walked in and they they uh, they didn't look like they were going to report anything happy to me. Oh, man. So I, I said... Uh, and, and did you look essentially the way you look right now? I mean, you're a fit guy and, you know... I was by every sort of objective standard of just what looking at you. Yeah. Fr- from uh, the exterior, I, I was other than being 25 pounds heavier. Um, and that was more muscle than mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily fat, but, um, I was healthy for all intents and purposes. I was healthy. I was working out. I was lifting weights. I was not so cardio intensive as I am now, but I certainly integrated cardio into my, you know, weekly, you know, regimen, if you will. Um, but unfortunately, the two surgeons that walked in, they, they said, um, we have some good news, bad news. The bad news is that you have nearly 100% blockage in your coronary artery, and you could, um, you know, you are a walking heart attack and possible death. The good news is this is routine, you know, and we just need to put a stent in your heart. Right. So it was the first very surreal moment of my life. How old were you at this? Time? Uh, 42. 42. The exact same age of, as your friend. Exactly. And that can't be what you were expecting to hear from the, You just <laughs> wanted affirmation that everything was cool. That's all I wanted. And um, I got to be honest, as uh, manly as we think we are, you know, and tr- in, in training for an Ironman or whatever it is that we do in life, um, my eyes were filled with water. I was crying. I was very scared. I. All I could think about is, you know, my children and my wife. Mm-hmm. And God forbid, I, I recall the night before going in for the test and I was wrestling with my 17-year-old boy and I realized I had shortness of breath. And when I worked out historically, I realized I was starting to get shortness of breath, but I was attributing that to just getting older. Right. I was. I had no knowledge of, you know, this shortness of breath might be a sign of blockage. So all I could think about is, God forbid, the night before I passed away wrestling with my 17-year-old and what he would have had to go through in life thinking. And so needless to say, stop with that and let's talk about the beautiful things that resulted from this test, which is that I 
Well, it's all part of the story. It's like filling in the detail in the story. So you get this news and then, you know, obviously I would imagine some level of panic sets in, but the the next question is, all right, well, we'll you know, what am I going to do? So this, you, so the doctors are saying we got to put a stent in. That's right. So is that that's what happened next? That's what happened. So this was a Wednesday, and on, a, on, on a, that afternoon, I was introduced to a, my first cardiologist, Doctor Batia, who's fantastic, and um, I was uh, given some sort of uh, blood thinners for two days prior to going in on Friday for the stint, and I was very scared, even though it's routine, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, it was suggested. I mean, it's, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, it's routine, but only because, you know, our society, this is so normal now for people to get that it's considered routine, but there's nothing routine about cutting your chest open. Good point. Well, in fairness, they, they just, they insert a catheter through your groin, right? right, but, but you're right. I mean, it's still an operation. And even though there's a small percentage of risk involved, there's still a small percentage of risk involved and Mm -hmm. with any surgery, right? And so, yeah, it was scary. And uh, for me, I decided at that moment that I had to make life changes. And um, one of them was to adopt a plant-based lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And was that on the advice of Sorum, or how did that come into the forefront of sort of the next step? You know, I have some really great clients who sent me countless books on plant-based nutrition, along with Dr. Saram and other other physicians who suggested that I read many books that are out there right now that, mm-hmm. that you know, science has proven and that if you adopt a plant-based lifestyle, you can reverse and arrest coronary disease. Mm-hmm. And um, why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I embrace any opportunity that I can have to extend my life and be around for my children and their children and to live, as they, they say, I believe that you could extend by being a plant-based lifestyle uh, uh, dieter, <clears throat> for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. you could live 15 years longer, healthier in terms of life expectancy, if that makes any sense. So right. I, there was no way I wasn't going to do that. I mean, I loved my meat, frankly. I loved going to great steakhouses and whatnot. But I always felt bloated. I always felt lethargic. And I got to tell you, since I've been, now it's been two years since I've been on this, this lifestyle, I, there's no re- I would never turn back. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never felt bloated. I feel this amazing mental clarity. Um, I feel ama- full of energy. Mm-hmm. I just feel alive. I mean, I just, and that's why I can train for an Ironman. Right. And it's, it's an amazing feeling. That's, I experience the same thing and I still do. And I have to kind of sometimes hold myself back from shouting from the mountaintops. <laughs> I know that's not always helpful, but I do, I do admit to getting frustrated from time to time when people sort of say, well, look, you're healthy now. Like what's wrong with paleo or why don't you go back? And it's like, why would I, why would I turn my back on the thing that revolutionized my health? I've, I've adopt, adapted to this lifestyle. It suits me. It's working very well. I'm continuing to get faster and stronger and, you know, my energy levels are still high. I don't feel deficient in anything. I'm not deficient in anything. And, you know, why would I alter that course of action? I suppose. That's how I feel. I mean, you know, I'm from being from New York and now sort of being a transplant out here in lovely Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. A lot of my New York friends, um, ask why do I have to go to such an extreme as being plant-based? 
Um, every time I see them, I ask them, don't you see this amazing turnaround in not only my physical appearance, but every, all aspects of my life? And, and they say, yes, we do. And then I invite them to sort of adopt the same lifestyle, but there's a lot of reluctancy on their part. Mm-hmm. Even though I take them to, you know, the candle 79s in Manhattan right. or whatever, and they love it. And if I never told them it was vegan, they would never know themselves. But um, slowly but surely, uh, they're actually coming around and being a little bit more open-minded, as most New Yorkers are not. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to sh- lead by example. And um, I think my leadership qualities are starting to disseminate to my friends back east. And I, as I said, I'm, I, I hope I can convince them. And if I can't convince them, which is not my responsibility, um, I know I'm doing the right thing for myself with, uh, without a doubt. Right. And I know I'm doing the right thing for my three boys and my wife. Right, exactly. And the most powerful sort of thing is just to lead by example and, you know, go do that Ironman and keep running marathons and live healthy and, and thrive. And that speaks, you know, a lot louder than anything that's going to come out of your mouth anyway. Absolutely. I'm really excited about the journey. Yeah. And for the listeners out there, I mean, you're, you're a very unlikely candidate to be, you know, quote unquote vegan, you know, and, and everything that that, you know, term kind of entails. I mean, you're a very successful businessman, you know, you're, you're, you're a New Yorker through and through and, (laughs) you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do for a living? Because it's really exciting and cool. Sure. Well, uh, I like to think I'm a, a geeky CPA, but my profession is I'm a partner in an entertainment boutique business management firm. Our clientele um, is high net worth entertainers that cross all spaces within the entertainment community, film, TV, music, and sports. And um, naturally, it's a very stressful job, but um, I love what I do. I love my clients. I love my partners. I love our staff. Um, but frankly, it could take a toll on you and, it, and it's a very stressful even though right. you know and in being a vegan and training the way i train um really does help with that balance that we talked about in the beginning of this conversation right it's sort of putting this template of structure over your day where you know you have this workout you have to get in or these two workouts or whatever the case may be on a particular day for me at least sort of really uh, focuses me. And then I, I have to look at my day and say, okay, I have time to do this, this, and this, and this doesn't fit. I got to get rid of that. And things that are non-essential or that are not part of my plan to advance my life get cut out. And, and ultimately, my life improves as a result. And, I become, and I'm actually you know, more productive. There's no question. I mean, my productivity has risen in the last few years, um, and it's all natural. I mean, I, I feel. I, I mean, I I can't stress enough to your listeners how I'm an average human being. I'm not, you know, this tremendous great athlete that you are, but I'm an average. I'm, <laughs> I'm an issue yes, are. <laughs> I'm an average person who in who sure I loved playing sports as a child or as a young adult. But if you would have suggested to me even three, four, five years ago that I would you know, venture a journey to try and train for an Ironman, I would have laughed, mm-hmm. frankly, or that I, even I would have adopted, who knew, who knew what a plant-based diet was? Right. Um, but now, I mean, I, I would love to go on, on, a, on an education circuit and educate people on how to incorporate this type of lifestyle and the and if you can do that, and it's not, and I'm an, I'm proof that it's not difficult. Mm-hmm. That we would really improve overall health and wellness of, of of the individuals that you know embraced our invitation. 
Right. Well, I'm I'm getting the bus and you're getting on and we're we're going we're doing it. I'm uh, already doing it. You know, I'm I've had, you know, I've decided that this is I am going to dedicate my life to this path and to spreading this word and this message of health and wellness and you know, just in the last year as this kind of has slowly begun, it's been incredible, you know, to go across the country and meet people and talk and and it's just amazing when somebody comes up to you and they, they share their very personal kind of struggle with health and things that they've faced and have been able to overcome. And, you know, whether it's some inspiration they got from the book or, or seeing forks over knives or some other book that they read and, and, and then they, a big smile comes on their face and there's, I would have never thought that I'd be standing here and I lost all this weight and I'm off my statins and my doctor doesn't even know what to say. And I would have never believed it. You know, it's like the most gratifying feeling to just play a tiny part in that. And, you know, all you have to do is travel enough and be in airports to know that there's a lot of work to do. You know, when you see people, uh, you know, there's no end to, You know, I would just, I'd go out on the road and do it all the time. You know, anybody who wants, you know, me to come and speak, I'm there. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I applaud you for your efforts and any little small part I can play in your, in your journey, I'd love to participate because you're doing a great thing. And, you, you know, you mentioned the, the, the statins and I'm, I'm proof of that. I mean, I'm already off of my statins. Right. Um, and how, and I mean, have you gone to other, I mean, Saram, Dr. Saram, I mean, I, he, he understands that, but your other doctors, your cardiologists, I mean, what, what, have, what has their reaction been to kind of this protocol? Um, they're very, they're very um, open and they understand the benefits of being a plant-based, you know, dieter, if you will. And um, in fact, I had Dr. Bhatti and his lovely family over my house for dinner and we, uh, they had the chicken kebab and I had the tofu kebab. Uh-huh. And, um, but, you know, he, he, he said that he's never seen, and, and he's one of the top cardiologists in the world, he has never seen someone like myself who had a, a surg- you know, stent put in two years ago already reduce, you know, from let's just call it uh, uh, Crestor 10 milligrams down to 5 milligrams now I have to cut the five milligrams in half to go to two and a half milligrams. Mm-hmm. I'm off of my Plavix. There's only one reason why I've been able to get, you know, to, 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 to not have to take this type of medicine anymore. It's solely attributable to being plant-based. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It, it, there's no other explanation for it. Right. Had I not chosen this path, I probably never would have gone from 10 milligrams of Crestor to five. I probably would still be on, I, for certain, I would still be on Plavix and probably the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my, my blood and my results are just off the charts, thanks to this style. And how, what is the difference in how you feel? I mean, I've never been on statins, so I don't know what that feels like. I have plenty of friends that are, um, and they always tell me they feel drained or they don't have good energy. And I mean, what was your experience with that? Frankly, it must be the plant-based because I didn't feel any side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I I really feel so amazing. I got to tell you, and, and it's all about plant-based. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one historically to preach, and I'm not preaching to your listeners. I'm just sharing with you my life story and my real life benefits. And um, there's, you, no one can dispute the way I feel, and no one can dis- And all the people who are around me, whether you work with me or you're in my personal or professional life, you you're witnessing it. You're witnessing these this incredible change. And it, it, you know, my medicine today is my food. 
Right. I mean, it's probably an overused adage, but food is my medicine. Yeah. Hippocrates said it in 640 BC, and it's still <laughs> true, unfortunately, people. It, unfortunately, not not everyone subscribes to it, but it, uh, I promise you, if 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 a thousand people, a thousand listeners, or a million of your listeners listened, 999,000 of them would feel the same way. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, for the people who are listening who are already plant-based vegan people, I mean, you're, you're kind of preaching to the choir. But, uh, you know, it's a diverse listenership. I've got a lot of paleo people that listen, people that are on a, all different kinds of diets, the Mediterranean diet, the low-carb diet, et cetera. And, you know, I'm, I'm like you. I'm not here to preach or tell people you must eat this way or that way. I'm just trying to provide a safe forum for people with all different points of view to come on and, and talk about these issues, and we can have a mature you know, Charlie Rose like discussion about it without it devolving into an, an argument. Um, but, uh, there are a lot of people that are curious, you know, they're, they're paleo or maybe they're on another diet and they're kind of interested. They're tiptoeing around the edges of it. And the, the kind of common response as well, it just sounds too severe. It's, it sounds too hard. I don't know how I could make that work with my life. And, you know, when you were facing that, when you were just starting, like, how did you take those first steps? Like, what were the resources that you kind of grabbed onto to help you transition? I mean, did you do it 100% out of the gate? Did you go, move slowly into it? And did you buy a bunch of cookbooks? Like, how did that work? So I hired Juliana to be Oh, you, did, you hired Juliana. <laughs> I did. Every, <laughs> I didn't know that, actually. <laughs> so Juliana oh. immediately was my nutritionist. Uh-huh. And thanks to her education... Um, I went right into it 100%. Um, it was, it was not difficult because for me it was, I, I viewed it as a necessary life change given what you had a tremendous me. amount of willingness. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, there was a, a lot of pressure on you to make a, an immediate change. Yeah. I, I, I believe you have to lead by example. And um, one thing that we'll get into is the nonprofit that I started as a result of this because right, of course um, it's really special and near to me, but I wanted my children to see that um, if if I can do it, they can do it. I wanted my friends to see if I can do it, they can do it. I wanted my employees, I wanted my clients, I want everyone who's around me to understand that they knew who I was before and they should be proud of me even more because of the way I am today. And if I can save one person's life, you know, what a, what an amazing story. But I'm going to actually save thousands of lives mm-hmm. by people who just watch me and hopefully make the changes that I think are appropriate. So I went all into it and it's so easy. Listen, um, um, we live in Los Angeles. We have Whole Foods. We were talking about this before, right? Right. It's easy here. It's so easy. If I lived in Montana, yeah, it might be a little bit more challenging, but where there's a will, there's a way. And I believe no matter where you are, despite the different challenges, one can do it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm fortunate enough that I live in an area that, is very vegan friendly. Um, when I travel on a plane, I know I pack my bag because you know you're not going to get a vegan meal on an airplane, or it's very challenging to get at the airport. Right. So it requires a little planning ahead, and and just to kind of get back into your business a little bit. I mean, you're being sort of coy and and humble about the whole thing. But are you allowed to mention some of the people that you were <laughs> that you work with, or is that verboten? No. Listen, I I'm not I'm. I have a lot of clients to thank for their support. Um, when I referenced earlier to your listeners that um, I have a client that was so gracious and kind, Alanis Morissette, I mean, her mm-hmm. and her husband um, 
when they heard about what happened immediately. Because it's funny because Alanis and I were scheduled for a meeting on a Thursday. And um, I had to tell her why um, I'm not able to make the meeting because the next day I'm going to have a stint put in my heart. Mm-hmm. Immediately she sent these this, this, this great books on uh, plant-based eating and um, you know, resting and reversing coronary disease by right, Dr. Dr. Esselstyn. Esselstyn. Yeah. And um, you know, she was incredible because, you know, she sort of, you know, eats, not sort of, she eats a healthy lifestyle as well. Right. And um, she taught me a lot. And that support really helped me through the beginning stages and still does today. And then I have many other clients that have just like a one, one member of Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. He and I have gone on this plant-based journey. Um, and it's, it, it, brings, it brings us together closer than ever before. There's a special bond that's created in sort of this plant-based culture. It's like... Right. Well, food is always the great uniter. I mean, we sort of are in this debate now where it seems to be dividing us more than it should be. Uh, but it, it's a shared communal, it's the original shared communal experience and it should bring us closer together. And yeah, when you have, when you found it, you know, what you found and you want to share that with somebody who's like-minded, it can, you know, of course it creates like a level of intimacy and a friendship that. Yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful that I surround myself with smarter people than me and just <laughs> great resources and caring and loving individuals. But part of what you do too, uh, you know, as a business manager and sort of working with musicians, artists, and athletes, you know, I would imagine there's a lot of business dinners, a lot, you know, Morton Steakhouse, and you know, all of these sort, you know, going to New York and dinners set up at Peter Luger, and mm-hmm. that's just the way it is in in your in your particular field. Um, and I and I hear that a lot from listeners and emails that I get. You know, I'd love to do it, but in my work, you know, I've got to be. These are the restaurants where the people that I work with go, and it's just not going to work. It's not going to be possible. So, how do you kind of skate around that? It's a great question. And um, listen, uh, I'd be kidding you and your listeners if I said it's not a challenge. But again, um, uh, where there's a will, there's a way. So, several examples. Uh, I used to love Mastros. Frankly, I still do. Mm-hmm. I go there in Thousand Oaks with my wife and kids, and unfortunately, if they want to have a steak, I have to support it. But uh, the chef there knows I'm in the computer that I eat vegan and plant based, and he comes out and we talk about what meal he's going to make, and he really, you know, they're very supportive of my vegan lifestyle. Um, when I go out to dinner with clients, they're pretty understanding, and we try and compromise about where I can eat and where they can eat as well. Mm -hmm. But I'm also very mindful and respectful that I can't honestly expect people to bend over backwards to select a restaurant just to accommodate me. Right. So I always annoying guy who's causing problems. Yeah. So what I say is, listen, wherever you'd like to go, I'm sure I can find something to eat. And you know what? I can. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, if I have to have a salad, I'll have a salad. Who doesn't love salad? So um, I'll find a salad, I'll find some, you know, whole grain. And um, there's always, honestly, I, I probably less than 10 times in two years have I had the, a challenge of not finding something on a menu where I can eat. Right. And the other tip that I kind of do is uh, I just always have a thermos with a Vitamix smoothie, you know, nearby. <laughs> if I'm going to a place like that where I know it's going to be tricky, yeah, of course I can get a salad, but I also don't want to be starving and staring at somebody else's plate. Like I'll try to plan ahead for that by, you know, eating a robust snack before dinner so I can go in, I'm not starving and I can eat a lighter meal and, and be content with that. That's right. And I've started, I've started to do that. I'm also considering going raw now. Yeah. Well, let's, I want to hear about that. You know, I just feel like, 
you know, you could eat vegan, you can be plant-based, but there are things that aren't healthy for you, even in that world, right? I for mean, sure. if you go to if you go to Trader Joe's, there's those oatmeal raisin vegan cookies, I mean, right? Great snacks, but, Uncle Eddie's, yeah, <laughs> but Uncle probably Eddie's not cookies. the best for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, there's tons of vegan junk food. I mean, you know, of course, and you can sort of trick yourself and say, "Well, I'm on a plant based diet. I can eat, you know, I can eat the buffalo wings at Veggie Grill." Mm-hmm. with the sort of plant-based blue cheese, whatever it is. And, and trust me, that stuff's delicious. You know, like I, I like it as a treat once in a while, but I'm not in denial. You know, I know that that is not, that's not really all that healthy for me. There's a much better way to do it. And yeah, raw, I mean, raw is the next level. Mm-hmm. I think so. And, you know, I've experimented in the last few weeks with it. And frankly, I didn't think I could feel even better than I do. But I, like you said, it's, I think it's another chapter in my life where I've, I'm improving every day my health and wellness. I'm experimenting. Mm-hmm. My wife and I just bought, we just graduated from the Vitamix that we acquired at Costco to this amazing juicer. Uh-huh. And there's so many like beautiful- Like a cold press one? Yeah, like One of the super duper ones? Super duper. Yeah. So nice. we're ready to have our, we have our carrots, we have our kale, we have our apples and, you know, we just, just, it's delicious. Right. Even my nine-year-old boy loves it. Right, right, right. You should, uh, I had- um an early guest on the podcast was Tim Van Orden. Uh, I don't know what episode number it is, but you should go back and listen to that. He's a he's a a, a very accomplished runner uh, who's totally raw, and he has a YouTube channel where he puts up tons of videos and he just talks all about like how he does it. And he's very balanced. He's very like low key and intelligent in his delivery. Um, he's not preachy at all. He's not like a crazy person. And, uh, and he's done really, really well. Like he does all kinds of crazy races too, like snowshoe race. He lives in Vermont, you know, snowshoe races. He does the stair racing, you know, empire st- wow. run up the empire. There was that article in the New York, uh, time Sunday magazine a couple months ago about stair running. It's this new thing with skyscrapers, like the Sears tower and stuff like that. And he, did, <laughs> and he kills it in those races and totally, totally raw. No, see, you know, I, I'm not going to be one of those that uh, has to finish first in the Ironman or be the first one up the stairs, but I'm going to be the one that has a tremendous balance in his life. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what this plant-based lifestyle along with training does. Right. And then, and the irony is somebody would say to you, well, it seems severe to be on a plant-based diet. That doesn't seem balanced, you know? Well, you know, that's a good point. And my wife's not vegan. My wife hasn't conformed to this or adopted to my lifestyle. So if you ask her and she was sitting right next to us, she would tell you, well, I, I eat healthy. You know, I, I don't eat a steak all the time. You know, I have a piece of chicken or a fish once or twice a week. And um, why don't you, why don't you, why do you have to go to an extreme and become plant-based? Why don't you just modify your lifestyle? She's not saying that to me, but she'll, you know, that's a question a lot of people pose to me. Right. And um, what I say to them is, why would I when I feel this great right now? And um, I don't view it as being extreme. I just, this is a choice I've made. I'm not an extremist. It's just a choice I've made. The choice for me works. Again, I'm not going to preach to anybody about it. I'm just going to lead by example. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and they've said, since we've observed you, we never thought we can do this. But as we're starting to you know, slowly but surely eat healthier. Mm-hmm. We can understand why people choose to eat vegan or go plant-based. We're not there yet, mm-hmm. but, but I say, you know what? Small steps. You don't, right. have to, you don't have to do it overnight like I did. Take your time. And 
and you know, slowly but surely, all of these people are going to become a vegan. Right. And I think another thing that I always kind of suggest is release yourself from this idea of being perfect. Like you say vegan, you say plant-based, and it kind of, on some uh, sort of subconscious level, it's almost a setup for failure because it seems so challenging. And if you begin the journey and you do okay for a couple of days or a couple of weeks or whatever it is, and then you slip and you eat something you're not supposed to, uh, a lot of people just say, well, oh, that was just way too hard. You know, I can't do it. Obviously I can't do it. I failed. So I'm, I'm going to go back to eating the way I was. Whereas, you know, that's okay. It's just, it's not about being perfect. It's like, let's just eat more plants, build that into your routine, see how you feel, pay attention to it, you know, take responsibility and, and make your own decision, but make it based on the information. There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is one such human. The podcast is called The Conversation because it is the conversation. A groundbreaking series of raw and honest exchanges on the issues that matter most. Mental health, sex, politics, ambition, gender roles, and more. Listen to The Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. Juliana shared with me that, you know, how do you know what I asked her, how do I know what to eat or select from the grocery store? Well, if it has more than three ingredients, it's not healthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or if it's not colorful, it's not healthy. And uh, she was right. But, you know, unfortunately for me and for many of my friends, I bring that business mind, that solution-based sort of black and white approach to this, which is probably not the right approach for many people who I'm trying to encourage, if mm-hmm. I were to encourage them to adopt the plant-based, because for me, it's really simple. It's not that challenging. You know, my wife said to me, how can I lose weight? I've been on this diet. I've been on that diet. Um, I said to her, honey, all of these nutritionists who don't understand plant-based living, they're going to come up with, well, if you minimize your carbs and you maximize your protein and you, this formula or that formula, you could lose weight. Honey, I lost 25 pounds not even trying to lose weight mm-hmm. by eating healthy. So if for all those listeners out there who aren't plant-based and who just simply want to lose weight, there's no rocket science in losing weight. Just adopt a plant-based healthy lifestyle. Right, whole foods close to their natural state. Mm-hmm. And right. I guarantee you, you'll lose weight. I want to, t- I want to touch on also uh, the relationship aspect in your marriage. I mean, you, you said that you're, you know, your wife is not on this diet. And that's another thing that I kind of encounter a lot. You know, my wife is very supportive. She's now completely vegan, but she wasn't for a big part of my journey. 
Um, but I get emails saying, you know, I'm really interested in this, but you know, my spouse or my girlfriend or my boyfriend or whatever it is, they're, they're just not down. And you know, if they're not like, I'm never going to be able to make it work. And you figured out how to make it work when you guys are on, you know, somewhat different programs. Yeah, she's, I have a lovely wife and she's very supportive and um, she knows it's the best in the best interest of me to continue down this journey. Um, and I think again, slowly but surely, she's eliminating some of the non-plant-based meals. And uh-huh. I think without me pushing her, she's ultimately going to come into my world. Um, <laughs> careful, but, careful with that attachment. But um, there's, a, there's a way to maintain a healthy relationship um, with one being plant-based and the other not being. It's just about having fun and being selective and where you want to eat together and where you, what you both can enjoy. And, um, f- you know, my wife cooks two meals, frankly. She cooks a meal for her and the boys and she cooks something just for me. Wow. And I think that's really beautiful. Um, I'd love for my children to be plant-based. My son's, my oldest son's a sophomore in college. There's no way his fraternity house is going to go plant-based. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a sense of reality yeah, there. Yeah. But um, the moment he, when he graduates in a few years. Well, they just, <laughs> if they're drinking beer all day long, that's, that's plant-based, right? <laughs> yeah, don't. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but um, I doubt he's listening to this podcast. He's studying now. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I just have a loving, loving and supportive family. And I think that um, if you're in a great relationship your spouse will be very supportive of you. And I think there's a way where one can be plant-based and the other right. does not have to be. So you're not trying to impose your agenda on either your wife or your kids, no. but also, but you want your kids to have healthy habits. Like how do you kind of broach that subject or, you know, do you have Cheetos in the house or fruit loops and how does that work? Great question. So I have three boys, 19, 17, and nine. The 19 and 17-year-old at this point, it's going to be very difficult for me to convert. Mm-hmm. The nine-year-old, it's not difficult. So we removed all of those Cheetos and Oreo cookies and and snacks that are very unhealthy for you and high in sugar, and we replaced them with fruit, bananas, and um, you know soy ice cream, and um, he loves it. Mm-hmm. He absolutely loves it. In fact, he, he told his mom the other day, I don't want you to sign me up for a hot lunch in April. I want you to make my lunches for me. Oh, that's great. And so instead of peanut butter, we're giving him almond butter. Mm-hmm. Instead of white bread, we're giving him whole wheat bread. You know, instead of chips, we're putting in carrots, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, we'll give him a treat once in a while. And at, this, at the same time, if he's out at a party with friends and the friends are serving pizza... I'm not going to punish him for yeah, having pizza. He's a little boy. Let him enjoy it. But if I can help improve his diet, 90% of his intake, then that to me is an improvement. Right. I think it's about just creating healthy patterns that become more and more entrenched over time and educating him as he matures so that he can make an informed decision for himself when he's out in the world. And that's essentially what we do with our with our little girls, like if they're at a birthday party and there's cake or, you know, like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be the dad who's like, you can't, of course, you know, in, enjoy, enjoy your life. But when we're at home, we, you know, we're, we're pretty much on this routine and the kids have really taken to it. And it's crazy when you, you see your 18 year old son come down for breakfast and he's not even awake yet. And he just <laughs> grabs a Vitamix and he starts putting kale in it. And I'm like, what is happening? Oh, you know, it's awesome. crazy, you know, or they're like, mom, how come you haven't made lunch yet? You know, they want her cooking, they want her food. And, 
you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago that it wasn't that way. Yeah, you're right. Even my, I mean, you said it so well because my nine-year-old son said to me the other day, he said, Dad, I just ate a piece of cake and I could feel it. He was at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. They served you know, non-plant-based, non-vegan cake. <laughs> and frankly, he's now starting to understand his body, you know, and he, he understands that putting that sugar in his body, he start, he's a different person. I mean, when he, when he eats sugar, he's acknowledged at nine years old mm-hmm. on his own. And this is, to, you know, without anything, any encouragement from me, he said, Dad, I don't feel as good eating this type of sugar versus eating healthy. Right. And so, like you said, you just have to make them, let, let, them, let them make their own decisions. Right. And, you know, again, how could you not feel great being plant-based? I, I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. If a nine-year-old can say that to mom and dad, anybody can say that. Right. So I want to get back to this idea of balance. You know, you said your goal is you want to live a balanced, you know, healthy, happy life. And, and you're a guy who is, you know, navigating through some, some pretty heavy business circles. Um, you're training for an Ironman. You're eating this to the sort of typical man on the street, a very restrictive diet. And these are, you know, sort of all complex things that are thrown into this mix. Um, and again, you know, like how, like I, str- I guess what I'm saying is for me, I'm fascinated with balance because balance is the final frontier for me. Like I have a very difficult time being balanced in anything. And, and I don't know whether that's because, you know, by nature I'm a, an addict alcoholic and I'm just drawn to extremes or that's what makes me tick or what I'm attracted to. Uh, but I'm always trying to find that like perfect alchemy of training business, family, marriage, you know, relaxation time, creative time. And of course you never get it perfectly right. You know, those, those chess pieces are constantly moving around the board. Um, but, and, and I certainly have yet to master it, you know, I'll be extreme in one area and then I got to reel it back and then I'll find myself being extreme in another area. So how do you, like, what is your sort of daily approach to your day to kind of stay grounded and, and, and balanced, I guess. No sleep. No sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's not balanced. (laughs) No, all kidding aside, time management. Um, you know, I know coach Chris gives you that, you know, my weekly log. Mm -hmm. So, um, on a Sunday on, I, you know, plan my week. Um, I know what I have to do either that one workout in the morning or one workout in the morning with an afternoon or evening workout. Um, I know my local restaurants, I know my professional life and it's the commitments. I know my, my commitments to my wife and children. And frankly, it's about time management. Um, there's not one thing I'm missing. Uh, yesterday, for example, I found two hours on a Sunday to read a great book and, um, at the same time, watch baseball, uh, take my son to a baseball game in Mm -hmm. fact, uh, and train and eat healthy. So, you know, it, it does require you know, someone to be very organized and to manage that time appropriately, that's not easy, but it's not, it's not impossible. Right. It just requires attention to detail. Everybody has more time than they think that they have. If they're willing to sit down and look very, very honestly at how they spend their time, you know, certainly there's, there's, there's many, many ways you can economize how you sort of go throughout your day and it was very revealing when I sat down and I actually made a log and I wrote down like what I did all day long. And I was like, wow, I'm spending way too much time. You know, I would like 
drive all the way from out here where we live into like West Hollywood to have lunch with somebody and drive back when I could have just the business aspect of that could have been managed in one email or a phone call, you know? And like, so when the training ramped up for me, it was about looking at that stuff and and making changes. So I'm interested in what kind of, like, where did you find you were not making the best use of your time? Because now you're facing uh, much more time training than you kind of ever have before. Right. So it's forcing you to really get, really get uh, clean with this. Right. Yeah. So for me, there's two things for me. What I find interesting is now when I look, you know, forward to the weekend and uh, spending time with the family or going away on vacation, I'm looking at uh, vacation spots that will allow me to run, Mm -hmm. bring my bike, swim and or eat healthy. And um, historically, I never used to look at a destination that fit, you know, that met all my criteria. And at the same time, you know, be a place where I know the children and Meredith, my wife, will enjoy. And to be honest with you, it's just a whole new way of exploring life. Like in June, we're going to go to Turks and Caicos. So we have beautiful weather. We're going to have the ocean. We're going to have great food. And um, the families and I are both going to have have our needs met. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the balance, you know, my wife likes to sleep to 9, 9.30, 10 in the morning. I can get up at 5.30 in the morning and be back in bed with her, and I'm done with the majority of my training for the day on a mm-hmm. weekend. So it didn't really affect the quality time that my wife and I spend together. And that goes back to just understanding what you have to accomplish in a given day and balancing that and your family. And you know what? I don't need, so I can go to bed. So I go to bed at 10 o'clock instead right. of 11.30. And I wake up at five instead of six thirty or seven, but I'm willing to do it if I know it's going to help me become healthier, and at the same time, it's going to still allow me to be a great husband and a great father by not being selfish in my training for the Ironman or right. selfish in what I want to eat by taking that time away from my wife and kids. Right. And that's, that's the key to success really, because I've seen, and I've seen this a lot, uh, particularly with people that are training for Ironman, they get really obsessive about their training. They get really rigid about it and it starts to, uh, you know, take up a priority slot that might be a little bit too high. And then the relationship with the spouse starts to suffer and the relationship with the kids starts to suffer and this sort of house of cards starts to collapse. And I've seen divorce over this. You know, you, you hear it all the time, like the triathlon widow, you know? <laughs> and it's really important for me to always remember like, you know, no, this doesn't come first. You know, I have m- bigger priorities in my life that have to be taken care of. If they're taken care of, then I can go train and be happy and feel good about it. But, you know, let's be honest about what's really important. That's well said. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, my wife has, and I have unconditional love for one another and I'm blessed to have her support and I'm blessed to have the support of my children on this healthy lifestyle. And, um, it's, 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 it's up to me to make sure that I recognize the support that I'm receiving from them and to give them and to meet their needs as well. You know, it's not just about them meeting my needs. So when you talk about balance, to me, the number one balance is making sure that you balance the needs that you must, that you should want to give your wife and children and the needs that they give you, the needs that they fulfill for you. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that my wife is incredible with her love and support. And um, I thank her for that. And it, it 
it, it incentivizes me to find the time to work out in the morning while she's sleeping and to make mm-hmm. sure I'm home when she opens her eyes. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, I aspire to the- Hopefully she's listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I scored some points. <laughs> yeah. You can go home, babe, I, I did this really great. Interview. You really got to listen to it. It's, it's pure gold, right? Uh, um, well, I want to get into, uh, into Heartview Global Foundation well, and, and the story behind that because uh, I had the, the good fortune um, of attending your, uh, your fundraiser recently. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, and it's amazing work that you're doing. So it's all informed by what happened with your friend and this journey that you've been on and this test that essentially saved your life. Yes. No, thank you for bringing that up. And really thank you for, uh, for attending. Uh, we were honored to have you in the audience. It was a fantastic event. Thank you. Thank you. So the, the genesis of Heartview Global Foundation was um, a result of my life experience of being told that I needed to put a stent in my heart. And um, I've always, I've always, you know, representing high net worth clients and seeing how philanthropic they are by writing a check or volunteering to do a concert or this or that. As I got older, as I was getting older, I realized, you know, there's more to life than me just giving someone financial advice and and doing what I was doing. I needed to do something else. So when this opportunity presented itself, unfortunately, or fortunately, frankly, um, with my medical condition and the changes I needed to make, my wife and I asked ourselves, what can we do to be great philanthropists? You know, what can we do now to educate the world and to save lives? And we felt obviously a strong connection and a passion for my own experience and turning that experience into a way of of helping people. And what we've done is we started this foundation called Heartview Global. um, And we partnered with Cedar sinai and um, Mr. Murdoch at Four Seasons, um, CEO of Dole. And essentially... Who just to explain a little bit about who he is because he's a character. He is a character. Yeah. So David Murdoch is the CEO of Dole Foods, and I think the world's—I'll call it 130th richest man—and mm-hmm. one of the greatest philanthropists that certainly I've ever met. And um, because we live in Westlake Village, um, I selected to host. Uh, I want. I identified the Four Seasons Health and Wellness Longevity Center as a place where. I wanted to hold the annual galas. There was some great synergy between the health and wellness center and what my mission was within Heartview Global. And um, I asked to speak to Mr. Murdoch and meet him in person and share my story. And there's a relationship between Dole and the Four Seasons Westlake, right? Like there's a headquarters that's adjacent to it. That's right. And that's that's his headquarters. And he also owns the Four Seasons in Westlake. Mm -hmm. And... um, once I shared my story with him, the story I shared with your listeners, he saw my vision and, uh, you know, he's a lot older than I am. <laughs> he's near 90 and it's a wonderful man. And I was blessed to be in the same room with him and blessed that he gave me the opportunity and the platform to share my story. He totally embraced my vision and he and I have now become partners in another area of creating, you know, of educating people on health and wellness. So back to Heartview Global and its genesis, essentially what happened was we wanted to help people who can't afford the $800 test mm-hmm. because it's not covered by insurance. We is wanted, there a name for the test? What is the, the test called? It's called this coronary CT scan angiogram. Okay. And it's unfortunately not covered by insurance. And so I feel like how can you deprive someone 
of this non-invasive test, why give someone a ten, why put someone through a ten thousand dollar invasive procedure just because it's covered by insurance when you can have a test non-invasively done for eight hundred dollars? But let's face it: in today's economy, there are people who can't afford eight hundred dollars, right? And those people should not be denied the medical care that those that can't afford it are afforded the opportunity to have. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I decided that. We are going to start this foundation. We're going to partner with these wonderful organizations, both with David Murdoch and with Cedar Sinai and others as we start to grow, who will, will, who 50% of our net profits will go to, will help subsidize the test for people who can't afford the coronary CT scan. Right. We will pay for that. And Cedar Sinai believes we can save hundreds of thousands of lives simply by having people take this test. And then the other 50% goes to coronary research for early detection of heart disease. Mm -hmm. Sort of the byproduct of what we do is the big global message is eat healthy, right? Mm -hmm. Adopt this plant-based lifestyle because if you do, you you have a really solid chance of reversing and arresting and certainly mitigating not only coronary disease, but a lot of other diseases, whether it's dementia, you know, certain carcinogens, cancer, so many great benefits of being plant-based. And so I'm really proud of what we've done in two years with HeartView Global. And um, I can't wait to hopefully come back in three or five years from now to your listeners and share many stories of all the lives we've saved. Yeah, it's, it's a great mission. And thank you for pursuing that path because, you know, it's crazy that I think the last stat that I saw was 935,000 Americans uh, suffered a heart attack last year, 385,000 of which were fatal. And those are crazy, crazy numbers. And it makes you wonder, well, how many of those um, incidents <clears throat> were asymptomatic, right? And what would have happened if this test had been readily available? And in fact, you know, it seems to me with that le- that high an incidence of of heart attacks or heart, you know, angio incidents, I guess you would call it. (laughs) And with the uh, extent to which Americans are obese, you know, up in the 40% range that this test should just be part of your annual physical as a, as a matter of course, as a no brainer. And so how did it get to this point where this super expensive invasive procedure is covered by insurance and this simple scan is not, I mean, what is the history behind that? Do you know? I don't know, but what I do know is that, unfortunately, our society is re- reactive and not preventative mm. or proactive. And um, if if there was one message among many messages is I wish that we would transition from reactive to be preventative and proactive in, in care for ourselves because uh, 50% of, of heart attacks in, in U.S., which is the number one killer here in the U.S., are people who are asymptomatic. Why not test these people? It's 50%, really. It's that high. It's that high. 50% of those lives could be saved with early detection of heart disease. Why not use resources to be preventative? And the answer is because it comes down to dollars and cents, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, for us to, for Blue Cross, Anthem, or uh, many other insurance companies, for them to adopt this in in preventative care would mean that they'd have to offer it for all of their subscribers. But right, they, but how much are they paying out to cover uh, open-heart surgery? Exactly. Well, you, logic says they're totally wrong. And I can, you know, 
I'm not allowed to acknowledge this, but I will to your unique group of <laughs> listeners, that one of my silent missions with Heartview Global is to lobby the healthcare industry to have this test covered ultimately. Because mm-hmm. it's, again, it's just, just not fair. Yeah, It's not fair that people who, who don't have the good fortune to pay $800 for a test should be denied this preventative care. And, and I won't sit by and let it happen. Is this test something that you would have to go to a place like Cedar sinai to get? Is it Does it require super expensive equipment or, or is it somebody that is, you know, if somebody's listening in Cedar Rapids or wherever they are, like, could they go to a, their, you know, their doc, their normal doctor or their, their hospital and, and ask if they can have this done? Is it, is it accessible? It, it's, it may not be acceptable in Idaho, I mean, but well, finances aside, like if, if they're willing to pay the 800 bucks. Yeah. If they're willing to pay, um, it's, it's not at every hospital. No. Right. It's, um, considered a, New technology, it was created in 2005, and not every cardiologist, not every hospital is aware of this test. So this would require your listeners to go to their cardiologist, be very aggressive, be very proactive, and and suggest that you are either, you have a history of heart disease, you have high blood pressure, you're obese, and you're a candidate to take this test. And they'll say, I don't think you're a candidate. Why don't you take a calcium test? Why don't you take a stress test? And you'll say, no, I want this coronary CT scan angiogram. And the reason why you're going to say no is because had I taken the stress test, it would not have detected my plaque because the stress test is only 70% accurate where the coronary CT scan angiogram is 100% accurate. Hmm. I'm not comfortable with that 30% margin, nor should your listeners be. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of doctors who believe that this test has has a a high level of of radiation. Because there was an article in 2005 that came out um, and incorrectly cited this this test to have high levels of radiation. It has no more radiation than a traditional x-ray. And I'm not suggesting to your listeners to go out and take this test every day. You take it one every five years, one every 10 years. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't buy that argument and nor do educated cardiologists. So the answer to your question is, I would encourage your listeners to be aggressive and not rely upon your cardiologist or your group of physicians to embrace this idea of you taking this test. You say you want the test done. Mm-hmm. And if you have any problem paying for it, Contact Heartview Global, and we'll be happy to pay for it. And um, fantastic! Yeah, it also sounds like it's something that is almost ripe for like a move on petition. Like you know, petition your hospital to make this available, or at least have the equipment to make it available, or to educate the doctors about exactly what you just said, so they can suggest it to their patients. Because most people they they don't even know that it exists. So how are they going to ask for it if they're not even aware of it? That's right. That's right. It's unfortunate. You have to, you have to be, you have to be very aggressive into this today's society because you can't rely upon, you know, your your trusted advisors to tell tell you everything. You got to do a little bit of research and you got to mm-hmm. be really aggressive and proactive in your own care. Yeah, the the level of self responsibility I think that is incumbent upon all of us is much higher than it used to be. You know, you really have to take it into your own hands and. The days of just trusting your doctor to know everything, you, you, you really can't do that, whether it's nutrition or, or, or a test like this or, or anything else. I agree. I mean, for those of us who fit the average profile like I did, 
you know, you just have to be a hypochondriac at times <laughs> and you, uh, being neurotic, and being neurotic. And you know, this is the one time I always say to my friends, me being a, neur- a neurotic human being saved my life. Right. So is and, this an excuse to, for you to be super neurotic about everything now? You know what? I think I, <laughs> I, I'm not neurotic anymore. No. I don't have to be. I'm plant-based. I'm, go, I'm, right? I'm healthy. Yeah. You, so. you certainly look healthy. Why? Thank you. Yeah. Well, good. So is, is hard for you doing like outreach with, to better educate the doctors or like how, you know, how does that, like how, what are the steps that you have to take to kind of, you know, pursue this mission? So thankfully Cedars is helping us educate their physicians and giving us a, a network of physicians to continue to educate mm-hmm. and to know that Heartview Global is a resource for patients that fit the profile for this test we want them to think of Harvey Global. So the mission is we ha- we we right now it's more sort sort of West Coast Southern California, but as we start to grow and grow, I want to take this education and platform across the U.S. and eventually across the world, and have hospitals in every territory, like you asked earlier, mm-hmm. have this test available for patients. And right. that's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm realistic. I mean, I'm not. That's not going to happen overnight. But just like with plant based. That's my new, that's a life journey. So is saving lives. So if I have to, you know, if I have to put a lot of time and it goes back to balance my time, if I right. can, you know, this is part of my balancing act and I'll be doing this for the next 25 years or however long, whatever, however long it takes for me to lobby silently, of course, the healthcare industry to accept this test. That's how long I'll, I'll be doing this. I'm wondering if there is any, you know, I'm just imagining like lobbying a group's giving you the pushback, but who would be the sort of lobby on your behalf? You know, who is in Washington that could, you know, be a good fit for helping you push this agenda through? Well, you know, the good thing about what I do is that, um, and I have, I represent very powerful people and I'm going to, I don't like to take advantage of people. I'm one that never that really asks people for help, but mm-hmm. this is a situation where once in a lifetime, I'm going to take advantage of the people that I represent, the people that I know, and those are going to be my eyes and ears to the White House, to Congress, to everybody to help, you know, preach our message. Right. Well, you're not you're not asking them for help for your own personal benefit. No. I mean, this is, you know, no, not at all. Yeah, this they're, is for everybody. This is for everybody. And that's why they're so willing to help. Because it's not about helping Jonathan. It's about helping educate the world mm-hmm. on not only the advantages of this test, but the advantages of plant-based lifestyle and the plant-based, of, and, and the advantage, excuse me, of eating healthy. Mm-hmm. So um, who's not willing to help me? I mean, everybody's yeah. willing to help. Right. It's for a great cause. And you don't have to give me a dollar. I'm not asking for your money. I'm asking you to help me create awareness, to help mm-hmm. me educate people. And um, if, you, if, if, if someone would ask me to help them and for me not to have to write a check and it was for a great cause, I'd do it. Right. So for people out here who are listening to this and are just getting familiar with what you're doing, like, how can they help? Like, what is it that somebody who, you know, is inspired by what you've just said, like, how can you put them to work or what kind of actions can they take? They can help. They can contact me by going to heartviewglobal.org. And um, telling me that they're very interested to learn more or to help. And I can always use help. I can always use, uh, I'm not omniscient. So I'd love someone to share with me some new knowledge and new ideas to, for fundraising and for um, soliciting, you know, good people to join our board and 
to help our cause. And we're always looking for great people with cool. great ideas. Mm-hmm. All right, man. <laughs> Thank you're, you. You're an inspiration. Please, you no, are. <laughs> no, it's true, man. It's that's an, it's awesome. It's Thank really you. awesome. And it, again, it was really great to be <clears throat> at the benefit and uh, you know, kind of see the fruits of of all of your labor and all the people there that are kind of celebrating what you've done and. And, uh, you know, you didn't, you only started this, what, a couple of years ago? A couple of years ago, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's come a long way. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait to see what's going on next year. Next year, February 22nd, yeah. Heartview Global, Westlake Village, Four Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I put that plug out Push there. Push it, man. <laughs> Push it. Uh, is there, is there, are, are there other places online? Uh, are there any articles written about, is there any other websites or anything like that where people can learn more? Um, than the, the the one you just mentioned, the heart, it's heartviewglobal.org. Right? right, and if you go to Cedar Sinai, um, their general website, and go to their cardiology department, um, you'll see Heartview Global link there, and you'll see incredible literature about it. Right, cool. Yeah, and how's the training going? I'm sore. More, more importantly, I'm sore. My right glute hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I have I was to just tell you before the show, you got to check out some ART. I'm going to hook you up. Thank you. I need to it. sort it out. So have you been, but you've still been running or you, you so you ran that, you ran the LA marathon. I did. Right. I did. And, uh, and now you have this glute problem. Yeah. So about mile 16, my right hip, right glute started to hurt. I could feel it. And, uh-huh. um, but you pushed through, I pushed through it and, uh, I was very pleased because my, my goal for the average human being, my goal was under four hours. For you incredible athletes like Rich, yeah. it's under three. But uh, I was pleased with my time. It was 3.40. And um, great, I feel like I could do better if, mm-hmm. if I wasn't injured around mile 16. So next year, I hope to do it for uh, 3.30, you, you, 3.15. If you stick with the Chris plan next year, I mean, you won't even believe how much better you'll be. Yeah, I'm, and you know what? I believe that. I've taken a leap of faith with all the people that I've surrounded myself with that are experts in their respective fields. Uh-huh. And um, I don't profess to be an expert in a field I'm not. And frankly, I have great people like Coach Chris and even you who I can lean on for some great advice. And I listen. And um, I'm humbled. I'm vulnerable. And um, I'm excited about this new lifestyle. Yeah, it's cool. And you've been drinking the Zone 2 lemonade, right? Z2 lemonade. (laughs) How's how's it working out for you? (laughs) Well, actually, Coach Chris got a little angry at me because uh, two weeks ago, a friend of mine said, let's go on. I was supposed to do a three-hour bike ride Uh in Z2. And uh, so I told Chris I went on a Z2 bike. Excuse me, I went on a three-hour bike ride when I logged in, but I only did 37 miles. There was a lot of climbing. Uh-huh. He said, so he's, he, he, Coach Chris's wonderful sarcasm was, so you did a lot of Z2 climbing, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I said, oops, sorry, I must have hit Z4 probably for half of my ride. Yeah. So, no, Z2 is a, requires a certain discipline, but like I said earlier, I mean, I, I trust him. He... Without him, I would never have completed the marathon two weeks ago by running a lot in my Z2 and building my endurance. And and as you saw in that hotel room, I've well, you don't even know the results, but I I incredibly improved my, my blood lactate results by following his Z2 program. Right, being yeah, patient. he told me you had a huge, huge improvement. And it, it, it had only been a couple months, right, since mm-hmm. your previous test? Yeah, you have to throw your ego out because when you're running on the street and you see this 75-year-old lady passing you by, <laughs> right. you want to say to her, Z2, 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 but she won't know what you're referring to anyway. So you just <laughs> swallow your pride and you go, oh, God, Chris, how long am I going to have to do Z2? But it, you know what? It works. And uh, I'm, 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 I've bought into his program and I'm excited about it. Yeah, it, it, take, it requires patience. It requires you checking your ego at the door and... 
it's not an overnight uh, recipe. You know, you got to you got to stick with it, and you got to be adamant, and you have to hold back when you're riding with your friends and you're going up a hill. You know, to to not go harder. That's why I end up doing most of my training alone because when I'm I can't help it when I'm with friends. I'm either riding too hard or too or uh, or not hard enough, and I'm not you know paying attention to what I'm doing, and you know it gets uh, it gets tricky, um, but. It does work for sure. And I've had guests on the show that come from all different perspectives on how to train. And, you know, I'm not here to say that zone two is, you know, the sort of the, you know, the zone two program that I'm always advocating is not the only way. There are other ways of doing it, but it works for me. It sounds like it's working for you. It is. And also just you're taking up cycling and you get to see this beautiful countryside that we live in. You don't get to see that and enjoy it in a car. Mm -hmm. And you, quite frankly, you can't run the distance that you can cycle. So, I'm blessed just to be surrounded by all this beauty, and uh, that's what this sport allows me to see. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, we're you live pretty close by, and um, I don't know if this has been your experience, but you know, I lived here for a while before I got into this stuff. And yeah, I'd look out my window and I see the mountain, and it's beautiful. And and that it kind of ended there. You know, I had no idea that we're surrounded by all these trails and all these roads that you can ride your bike on. That you can explore there's no end to what you can explore that's literally right outside our backyard and i remember just kicking myself thinking like why didn't i do this years ago this is so amazing and why isn't everybody up here like i'd be out on oh. a trail by myself i'm thinking where is everyone yeah <laughs> and the other thing that i've learned a real strong byproduct of cycling is respect the cyclists and do not text while you drive Yes, because it's so dangerous, sure. right? With all the cyclists out here and runners, I it mean. really is. Um, I'll tell you a, a quick little story. Um, my dentist, <clears throat> um, it, it was a very, very avid cyclist, and I'd go to see him, and we just talk about bikes. And he loved, you know, he loved cars and bikes, and he had a couple of Pinarellos and you know, really high end stuff. And we just chat about it, and he'd be all excited. Uh, and he. Uh, he got hit by a car on PCH and is a is a quadriplegic, mm -hmm. you know. And he's it's been a, a long road back for him. It's been very very difficult, and it's scary, man. And it's real, you know. Yeah. So you got to really, really watch your P's and Q's, um, and but also be aware that there is a lot of thing. There are many things that you can't control, you know. And a, some somebody who's texting when they're driving, and all these sorts of things that you can't really predict and. You know, it's made me when you have kids and, you know, sort of, it's made me really think long and hard. And, and I choose my routes carefully, you mm -hmm. know, about where I'm going to ride. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm such a wuss on descents, man. Like mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm a puss going downhill. <laughs> Maybe we could petition the city of Malibu to be a little bit more PCH cycling friendly. It's not bad once you're kind of, I mean, it's not bad north of Trancus and it's not really that bad north of Pepperdine. I mean, the, the shoulders are pretty wide, but, you know, in between Santa Monica and Pepperdine, that's mm -hmm. not a good place to ride your bike, you know. And we're lucky that we kind of live on the north end of that and can access that road uh, in a way that people that live on the west side can't. But. Yeah, you know, we're very lucky out here. We, we, uh, this is rider heaven. It really is. It really is. I had Chris McCormick on the show the other day, and he's been coming out here for years. You know, Ironman world champion comes out here for, you know, a stint every spring or summer. Uh, and I'm always surprised that there aren't more professional triathletes and cyclists that live out here. I mean, the riding is so epic. And I know that some of the pro teams, pro cycling teams do their camps out here before tour of California. You'll see them out riding, which is an amazing thing in its own right to like mm. be out riding and have you know, the Garmin team whiz by you like a freight train, you know, oh. or something like that. 
And, you know, the triathletes tend to, the, the kind of meccas of triathlon are San Diego and Boulder, really. And, uh, and I, I don't know, I'm like, you know, I think, it's, I think it's better here, but maybe we shouldn't say anything. Yeah, that's right. Let's we want to keep them off. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, this is our I think more, treasure. And more people are figuring it out. There's, you'll see, you know, people are coming out here and testing it. But the climbs and the trails and, and the weather and everything, it's, we're very, very lucky. We are. We, we, you know, a friend of mine just returned from uh, Prague visiting his son who's studying abroad. And uh, upon his return, he, his wife and his, his daughter, a high school student, they said, wow, we take for granted how beautiful it is here. I mean, Prague, Vienna, wherever they just were, was gorgeous in its own right. But when you return home and you feel this just amazing, just love for the surroundings, you really can begin to appreciate how much, how lucky we are. We really right. are very lucky. And you seem to be a guy who really kind of lives in gratitude or spends a lot of time in gratitude. Hey, Cafe Gratitude. Let's, oh, put, yeah. let's put a plug yeah. in for Cafe Gratitude. I love that place. <laughs> I'd, I'd eat there every day. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. love it. We got to open one up here and here. We us. should, you know. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, do you know Sun Life Organics in Malibu? It's no. like a juice bar, healthy restaurant. They're opening one in Westlake. I'm there. Yeah. And the guy who runs it, I'm going to have him on the podcast. He's a great guy. He's got an amazing story. But uh, that's kind of become like a social hub in, in Point Doom in Malibu. Amazing food and kind of like a, he's created a social community around it. And he's he's uh, in the middle of building out uh, one out, out here. So that'll be a good additional place for us to go. Awesome. Yeah. We'll meet there. All right, cool. Well, I think we did it, man. Thank you for having me today. It's yeah. an honor to be on your show. Awesome to uh awesome to have you and uh I hope that this uh helps, you know, spread greater awareness about Heartview and what you're doing and uh you know, it's all good, man. Anything that I can do to help spread the word and help you and and kind of support your mission, man. I'm I'm your guy. I'm here for you. Thank you. We're gonna have a uh, a Heartview Global uh, cycling team, so we'll get you. Aboard. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, We've gotta have kits and the whole thing. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, when I did the New York Marathon, I was running for Fred's team because I didn't get in on the lottery. Although I didn't run, as you know. Right. Um, so my intention is, is one of the great fundraising ideas that was suggested to me is why not run as part of Heartview Global's team? Mm-hmm. And um, that's A, creates awareness, and B, it's another way to generate you know contributions to help the cause. So right. look for uh, Heartview Global teams across the country in the near future. Excellent. I love it. Thank you. All right, man. And when are we going to go out and get some training in together? I promise you, I won't let you get out of Z2. I don't want to get you in trouble <laughs> hey, with Anytime Chris. you're available for me, I'll make myself available. Uh, I'm around, man. I'm easy. All right, deal. All right, cool, man. Thank you. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time to come by. Thank you. All right, man. Bye-bye. Peace. Peace. Plants. Yeah.